Welcome to the Sweet Freedom Over 50 podcast. My name is Robin Polk. I've lost 70 pounds and kept it off for over six years. Join me each week where I'll be sharing reasons why weight loss feels so hard after 50, tips and tricks for weight loss after 50, and strategies for successful long-term weight loss. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Sweet Freedom Over 50 podcast. I am really glad you're here today because today I'm going to share with you why I decided on the weight loss journey that I did. Why sugar-free living and how did I really get there? Because let's be honest, I was a sugar fiend. I loved sugar. I loved all pastries and cookies and candies and Pop-Tarts and (laughs) cereal, those were my go-to yummies. And how did I go from that to where I am now? I'm going to share that with you today. So most of you know that my back went out when in October of 2016. was actually um, the month before. It was starting to go out. And um, I knew... I didn't know how severe it was at the time. It would just felt like I was, my core was collapsing, if that makes sense. Um, I remember going to the doctor and I just started crying when I was talking to the nurse and I just told her something is not right. Maybe it's not that bad right now, but it's coming. And I could literally feel it coming. And of course, within a few days, it came and my back went completely out. Um, My core was weak. Um, I was not able to go to work. I was not able to clean my house. And I was not able to hold my then four-month-old grandson. So it was imperative for me to change my life. But I, you know, it's like I knew I needed to do it, but I didn't know what I needed to do, how to do it. You know, I've been on hundreds of weight loss journeys throughout my life and nothing ever stuck, right? I I could lose weight. Well, <laughs> I could lose some weight, but I never lost all of the weight that I ever wanted to lose. And I was never able to maintain anything that I ever did lose. So the first Actually, you know, so it started in October. Um, From the whole month of October, I didn't work. I really was focusing on healing my body, healing and figuring out what I could do and couldn't do. And like I said, I, I was home and I was not able to do anything. I remember dropping a lot of things when I would you know, cook or do things and I would have to leave them on the floor. So when my husband would come home, there'd be things all over the floor that I'd dropped and wouldn't, wasn't able to pick up. What I started to do was actually, I started following um, physicians, physicians with like functional medicine background ones that really wanted to focus on natural solutions, eating real food. Um, I also followed chiropractors, nurse practitioners, RNs, anybody who was in this type of field of just trying to do better without surgery, without, and certainly didn't, 
I didn't want to take a pill to fix me because I've tried all of that in the past and that didn't work for me. So if that's you, I'm not, I'm not blaming you. I'm not saying anything bad because we all do what we need to do, right? So if that's you, that's okay. It's just something I did not want for me. I also started listening to podcasters that talked about these things as well, that were really into healing the body and healing the thoughts inside my head. I really wanted to change that way because I'd had so much disordered, not only disordered eating, but to me, disordered thinking. I really spent the first few months of my healing journey doing that. So probably the rest of 2016, I spent that time doing all of these things and really getting clear on what I wanted for my future, how I would need to change. And this is probably why it took me so long to change is because I was resistant, not just a little resistant. I was a very resistant to change. I didn't want to change. I did not want to go on a weight loss journey. I didn't. I, I had no clue as to how I was going to do this. But there's some things that kept coming up for me that I knew about myself. So I knew I was a pre-diabetic, that type 2 diabetes ran in my family. And if I wanted that to change, I knew I needed to work on eating less sugar. I also knew that there was heart disease in my family. So all of these things stuck in my mind. And then another thing also stuck in my mind. I worked as a nursing assistant when I was 17 at an Alzheimer's. So that's where I started in the Alzheimer's unit, the Alzheimer's wing. And they, they were my absolute favorite, those residents. They were just precious. But I also knew another thing that sugar affected that. So all of this played into all of the factors and how I wanted to change the way I did things. I also knew that I struggled with losing weight always. I had never maintained a weight loss. I always felt consumed with food and I always wondered, you know, what's wrong with me? Why couldn't I get this right? Why couldn't I lose weight and maintain it? Because it just didn't feel doable to me. I always felt that I that food was a number one priority for me, if that makes sense. Um, like I said, I loved carbs. I loved sugar. Um, probably most of my life I spent, you know, eating breakfast was always my favorite food. So cereals, Pop-Tarts, toast, toast with cinnamon sugar, toast with jelly, toast with butter. It didn't matter. That was my thing. Bagels, muffins, waffles, loved all of them. And those were my go-tos, always. It's no doubt, it's no wonder that after I started researching all of this, that it really made so much sense to me that I was a sugar addict. Plain and simple, I was a sugar addict. A couple of other factors that I thought were me were insulin resistance and metabolic syndrome. 
And insulin resistance, this is an explanation by the Cleveland Clinic, is a complex condition in which your body does not respond as it should to insulin. And insulin is a hormone your pancreas makes that's essential for regulating blood sugar levels. There could be several genetic or lifestyle factors that contribute to insulin resistance. And it happens when the cells in your muscles, your fat, and your liver don't respond to insulin. It can be temporary or chronic, and it is possible that it's treatable. So this stuck in my head. And then the metabolic syndrome, which is, this is a definition by the Mayo Clinic, is could be high blood pressure, high blood sugar, obesity, especially in the midsection, heart disease, inactivity, and family history, and age. So all of these I knew played a part. Very probable that even if a doctor hasn't said that I have these, I just know. I knew when I was 14 years old, I was put on the pill to regulate my period because I always had sporadic, irregular, painful, just such painful periods each month. It it was just so dreadful each and every month because I knew it would be days worth of pain and agony and so much bleeding that it just made so much sense when I was really researching all of this. It made so much sense. But here's what I didn't want to do. I didn't want to track all of my meals, write it down in my fitness pal or you know, get the calories and the points or any of that. I did not want to be like that because I'd done that for at least 15 years, probably 20, and it didn't work for me. It left me always thinking about food. So I'd write down, write it down or put it into an app what I had for breakfast, for a snack, for a lunch, for a snack, for dinner, for a snack. And to me, it felt like I was constantly thinking about food. And that is something I did not want to do. I don't want to think about food all the time. I don't want to have the cravings all the time. This needed to be easier than it all ever was. That was it. It needed to be simple and easy. And that's where I began. So when I was following these people, these functional medicine doctors and nurse practitioners, and even just quote unquote, regular people, but they seem to have it figured out. They seem to figure out that a lower carb, possibly ketogenic diet would help with these symptoms. And then as I researched it, I thought, how can I not have cereal? How can I not have milk? I was going down that rabbit hole of everything that I couldn't eat, couldn't have. I wasn't thinking about how this was going to heal my body and cure me of being hungry all the time and having the cravings. So I I had to dabble. I spent the first few months dabbling. So I started out easy. So for mornings, I would have eggs and something else, like bacon and eggs. And that would be my breakfast, two or three eggs, have some butter for the fat, and then bacon or sausage or ham, that was, those were always my favorites was the breakfast foods. So I stuck with that. And I found that when I'd eat in the morning, I could go four, five, six hours sometimes 
and not even feel hungry. And then I would have my lunch. I, it wouldn't even be big foods. It could be just having a lettuce wrapped hamburger or chicken breast or chicken thigh or a pork chop, things like that, and have a vegetable on the side with some butter, a little bit of olive oil, season it, salt and pepper, and I felt another four, five, six hours go by full. And then at dinner time, I would have the same type of thing, have some protein, have a fat, have some vegetables, and then incorporate some carb, either a bread or maybe some fruit that was starting to work. And as time went on, I just kept making, keeping it simple because I stayed full. So I didn't feel like I would need to eat other things. I kept eating the foods that kept me full. So I wouldn't eat other things because I didn't even want to at that point. It just, I felt good because I felt satiated and for hours. And that was something I'd never experienced in my life. Not ever. I'd never felt satisfied for hours after eating. And over time, this just got easier. So I had joined a online course that was three months long. And it wasn't really teaching me about food as much as it was teaching me about my mindset and the things that I needed to change within my mind, how my perspective needed to change, my thoughts around food needed to change. So I started that on July 1st, 2017. So I knew it was coming and I really was prepared to go for it. So in those first three months, I lost 15.9 pounds. And then the second course was coming up and I said, yes, I'm going to keep going. And I jumped on board with that. So from October to December 2017, I lost 14.7 pounds. And let me just tell you, this was over the holidays. This was over Thanksgiving, Christmas, going into the new year. And I still lost weight. I'd never done that. Can I just say that? I never have done that in the past. And I just wanted to keep going. I wanted to see what I could do. I wanted to be stronger than I ever thought possible. And then by January of 2019, I'd reached a weight that I never thought I'd be at. But yet, Something still inside me said, I really want to lose about 15 more pounds. And not for vanity reasons, just because I thought, you know, I think I would feel amazing. And I just kept going until I got to that weight in June of 2019, actually. So it took almost two years to completely do what I wanted to do. What I learned along the way is to really enjoy the journey. That might sound crazy, <laughs> but I really had to enjoy the journey along the way to figure out what was working for my body. And this was working for my body. Being able to really ask myself the hard questions, journaling out how I wanted my life to be, what, what did I want to be, why did I want to do this, why did I want to lose weight? 
and I say this all the time, your why has to be so deep. Why do you want to lose weight? For my health, for my back. I I don't ever want to go back to lift things, move, sit in a chair. Even the simplest things, they just, it comes back to me every time I think about it and how hard it was and really thinking about that time in my life where it was so scary because I didn't want to be that person anymore. I didn't want to be the person that I'd always been. I knew I could be so much more. And it wasn't just about the weight because starting my weight loss journey, it was about the weight. But as I went along my journey and really started journaling around the things that were hard, the things that kept me stuck before and working through those, that's what really changed for me. That's what made me keep going, keep at it, because it was so important. And as I was learning and researching and growing and doing all the things through this journey, I came up with my own method to help with this. And I call it the Polk method, learning to pause for mindfulness learning to open your mind so you can heal your heart, listening to your body cues, and then to keep going and keep at it. If you've been like me and you've spent all or most of your life being overweight and you come to this point where you're like, I, I'm over myself. I want to do it right. I want to do it different. I can't do the things that I did when I was in my 20s, 30s, and 40s. It's a different time. Your body's different but it is possible after 50 and I am proof of that. I'm so glad you are here today. This has been a pleasure to share this journey with you. If you are looking to connect with me, I can be reached over on Instagram at robin.polk. I'm on Facebook at Robin Polk. You can join the Facebook group, Weight Loss Women Over 50. I have a weekly newsletter that goes out and you can join that. I will put that all of this in the show notes. I hope you reach out. You are more than welcome to always email me at robin at robinpolk.co. I'd love to know what you thought of this episode. I'd love to know if we share things in common. Thank you so much for being here. And until next time, remember to keep it simple. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Sweet Freedom Over 50 podcast. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. And if you would, leave a five-star review. For more weight loss tips and tricks, join us over in the free Facebook community at Weight Loss Women Over 50. And until next time, remember to keep it simple.